This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Glory hole, guys. Hey, uh, listen, I was just listening to episode 360 and uh, hearing them whining about how uh, Disney, a liberal company, canceled a Christian show or a show from a Christian actor. And it just occurred to me that they're not whining that Fox, a very conservative company, is renewed a show where Satan is a good guy. Anyway, cognitive business. Glory hole, guys. advise that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome at. This is episode... 362. Let's go with that. Let's just do that. Of cognitive dissonance. I don't actually know if that's accurate. I don't know if it's accurate either. This is an episode for certain (laughs) of cognitive dissonance that we are recording today. Edit point. (laughs) (laughs) And we are fortunate enough to be joined this evening uh, by Gail and Daryl from the Recovering from Religion Foundation Institute Center. What is it? What, what yeah. is what is foundation? It? Let's, let's go, go with foundation. foundation. All right. right. I like institute though. <laughs> Can we make it an institute? I don't know. You'd have to have a what like do you have a, to do? Like a journal or something. You have to I'm going to say recovering from religion institute. Okay. Like you got to change your name because <laughs> I like it better and just it's like it's like it's like uh, the Dharma initiative. You know, like oh, it should be it should be an initiative from the recovering from religion initiative. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if it was an institute, then you guys could be institutionalized. Yeah. Oh, we should be. We certainly should be. We absolutely, we absolutely. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking the time out this evening to come on. Thanks for having us. Oh, of course. Um, so I guess, you know, for our listeners who, who may not be aware, um, tell us a little bit about what Recovering from Religion is as an organization. Sure, sure. So you know that Recovering from Religion was founded by Daryl right here, right here with me in 2009 because Daryl had the vision and the foresight to see that there was a need for um, folks as they begin their journey of doubting and questioning and working their way through this. Oftentimes that's a come accompanied by a lot of baggage, and it needs a little bit of time and space and freedom to process through. And Daryl saw the need for that. So when he established Recovering from Religion, and he, he could speak for himself, but when he established it, it I don't know that he had exactly an idea of what we needed, what we what we could provide, but we have grown over those over these last years to what we are today. And it's and and so I can let Daryl tell his part of it since he's actually here on with us. Well, that's pretty much the way it works. So, 
Yeah. So what was your vision for what recovering from religion was going to be when you started it? I know, you know, I mean, obviously nobody can see what it's going to eventually morph into, but I'm curious, what was the vision in 2009? I, I announced a meeting uh, at the back room of the IHOP in, here in Kansas City, Kansas. Wait a minute. Why does your IHOP have a back room? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on in your IHOP? Because I know what the back room of the video store has. <laughs> Wait, I mean, I've heard rumors. Yeah. I don't know. I've verified that. Well, you just showed your A's because there had many videos. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a, all the kids are like, wait, there's a back room at iTunes? Right? What are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, with a week's, uh, I just put it on Meetup and and uh, a week a week ahead of time and 11 people showed up and I didn't know 10 of those 11 people. <laughs> they, they just and I only asked two questions that evening. I asked uh, how to how has religion hurt you and how have you benefited from leaving? And three hours later, the, the uh, restaurant manager was kicking us out because they were closing the restaurant. And wow. I thought, I have got a tiger by the tail. People need to tell their stories and they need somebody to listen to them. And they need strategies for dealing with this because we had ex-Catholics, ex-Mormons, ex-Baptists. We even had ex-Mooney in the room. Wow. Now, you don't see any of those, but yeah. So these 11 people all shared their stories that, and about halfway through, you could see the light bulb started coming on in people's minds. They said, oh, you were an ex-Baptist, and you experienced the same thing I did. I'm an ex ex-Catholic, for example, or I'm leaving the Catholic Church, mm -hmm. or you know, mm -hmm. whatever. And then a lot of issues that came up during that first meeting was, my wife's still religious. We raised our kids religious. What do I do? And I, it quickly showed me that there was a huge need and there's nobody out there to listen to them or talk to them or give them resources. And from that, we just started building. I thought initially it would be local meetings, meeting around the nation and the world. We got 20 meetings going up within two or three months. Holy cow. Wow. That's incredible. That told me there was a real need for it, but it's also a hell of a lot of work. So it's slowly but surely, we've been able to pull together all the people we needed. We've got a great, we're a 501c3. We've got an extremely good board. We've got I don't know, I mean, 50, 60, 70 volunteers now working with us. Wow. We've got, oh. we've got activities and people in from Norway to United Kingdom to South Africa to Australia, all over the, literally, we, we have people all over the world helping us in, on the chat line or on the, uh, on the, yeah. on the help line. So, so tell me about that. So you guys are, you guys are launching the new recovering from religion hotline and that's, and that's, that's part of what we want to talk about today. So what is that? What, tell, tell me all about it. I want to know what it is and, and why why this is, what need is this filling? Sure, sure. So so the hotline has actually been in existence for a couple of years, and the hotline is literal. I mean, it's a telephone number, 184-I-DOUBT-IT. See what we did there? Um, so Clever it's, girl. A, it's, it's an actual, it's an actual hotline, and we and we started that a, a couple of years ago, and then last year we incorporated a chat line, which just as you would talk to your bank or your telephone company in a chat bubble on the website. So that opened it up. You know, really in the beginning, we were trying to come up with an additional option, sometimes in order to create some space to have a telephone call. Our clients have to, you know, they're worried about a, a co-worker walking in or a child or a spouse walking in. And so the chat gave them one more option to be able to reach out to us without having to have the privacy of the phone call. And that's awesome. But, but what happened was when we switched and added uh, the chat, we went from a phone-based system to the internet-based internet system, and that opened us up 
to the world. And so the chat has, that's been in the last year. And so we've had the hotline and the chat line for the last couple of years. Now, We've expanded even more. We have um, what we have always tried to do at Recovering from Religion, and Daryl did such a good job explaining what his vision was and how it started. But we've always tried to be. We recognize that that folks need, as Daryl said, to tell their story. They need to be able to articulate what they're going through. They're troubled. Uh, sometimes for some of us who have been in religion for a number of years and we've based our whole lives on it, it's a seismic shift in how mm. and how we view the world. You all know that. And so when folks, especially folks who are a little bit more isolated, you know, people that are in religious areas and they don't have any, they don't know anybody who doesn't believe in religion. They don't know anybody to talk to. And and we provide that resource for them to, to have a place. Sometimes they're on the very beginning of it and they just want to ask some questions. They feel guilty because they're having these doubts and they and they and they don't want to be judged just because they're asking the questions. And sometimes they're much farther along in their journey and they do just want to tell their stories. And sometimes they're burdened with some of the peripheral stuff. They've got a spouse who's remaining religious. They don't know how to come out to their parents. They're in a relationship with the believer. Everything that can accompany this, this enormous journey of doubting and leaving the faith is a place, that's what the hotline is, and the chat line is, is a place where that they can come and talk about it. We had a chat literally just, just today. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Gail. This person chatted in with us. He says, I don't think I'm an atheist. I don't know what I am, but I've got lots of questions and I'm really scared. And I'm really scared about life and about death and about, and I, oh, by the way, I just got a diagnosis that could be bad. Pretty serious. Wow. Yeah. Serious stuff. We have had kids call in with us hiding in their closet, 12, 13 year old kids saying, my parents are forcing me to go to church. They're going to beat me if I I don't, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we, we have gotten in the past. We get a lot of people saying, I'm, I'm becoming an atheist or I'm, I'm leaving my religion and I don't know what to do with my family. I don't want to tell anybody. I'm right. afraid I'll get divorced. My wife or her husband would divorce me. In Alabama, where do you go to find somebody to talk to? Or in Bangladesh. Well, I just feel like the thing you do first is leave Alabama, yeah, right? No <laughs> just, I don't know. Like, I, I can't even imagine a world so bleak it's in Alabama. Right. I'm trying to, like, you're hypothetical. I can't, I just can't get there, you know? Um, so who's on the other end of the line? Is it volunteers? Is it, is it, these are it people is. that have also gone through this journey then? Yes. Well, we don't require that. When you when you volunteer for recovering from religion, it won't surprise you to know that we have a, a, a volunteer vetting process, and it involves an interview and an application and even references. Because uh, imagine, if you will, if you if you wanted to get on the inside of recovering from religion and have and be a part of those kinds of things, we're, we're very cautious about that. We're we're very sure. protective of the clients who call in, so we have a volunteer vetting process. But so so once you pass that hurdle, and it, it, it's it's um, it's reasonable. It's it, as I said, it's an interview. Yeah, process. but you don't want any Manchurian, right. you know, volunteers, right? Right, right, right. So once yeah. they're inside, then then we have to go through training because. You don't just answer a call and know what to say to these folks. Sometimes, sometimes you have folks that are in crisis, and sometimes you know what do you say? And so we have we have some boundaries in place because we are a hotline. We are um, there are some restrictions on what we want our volunteers to do. We're not trying to establish 
deep personal relationships. We're trying to give folks a place to ask their questions. You know, there's there's so much value to talking through and articulating your fears and your doubts. And we encourage a lot of that. We ask leading questions. We try to kind of pick apart what it is they're actually saying. So, and, and so we have a, um, we, we don't disclose about ourselves. Obviously the client is disclosing, but it's not about the volunteer. And so we're real careful not to make it about the volunteer. The volunteer is right. not free to yeah. say, well, now this is how I dealt with it whenever yeah. I came out to my parents yeah. or whatever. It's not about that. It's about listening to them. It's about having helping them articulate what they see as their options. It's about helping them through um, and having them come up with some, maybe some conclusions about what they want. We don't, it's not, it's also not a deconversion process. We are not in the business of that. We. We're trying to get them to, we're trying to help them on their journey at their own pace with their own questions. Whatever conclusion they come to, we want them to do that. So it isn't, we're not trying to say, okay, well, take the next step. You know that this isn't real or anything like that. That is not what we're about. We're about helping them and assisting them, helping them think, helping them develop their critical thinking skills, helping them examine where they are giving them. And and the other thing that we have is Recovering from Religion has a vast collection of resources. We've curated these resources over the years. And so we're able, because our part of the training for our volunteers is becoming familiar with those resources. When when we hear certain buzzwords, for example, you know, how, how am I going to raise my children? I want to raise them, you know, I want to raise secular children. We have a resource for that. Or, you know, my how am I going to come out to their to my parents? We have a resource for that. So that's also part of the process is this vast array of resources that we're able to provide to them, blogs, podcasts, books, websites, anything that we can offer to give them a help. And and our um we our resource tab is actually open on our website. You can certainly you can certainly visit it, but because our volunteers are trained with specifics. We're able to specifically give them the resources that will help them with where they are. Mm-hmm. Anybody could look at look at our resource. And we've got a lot of other resources that we haven't mentioned yet. For example, we've got a, a podcast and we've got a blog and we got a dark we got a kick-ass podcast. It's it's better than cognitive dissonance. <laughs> <laughs> That's a low bar. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much everybody's doing that these days. Yeah, right? so it's really not that hard to do. First it's, and still the worst. Yeah. <laughs> not cleverly, first. It's cleverly named the Recovering from Religion podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> so with, yeah. Uh, now you're 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 a charity, so Clearly, keeping those resources open for everybody and gaining more resources is wh- where some of that that money goes. But what's the what's the charity like when people donate? What does their money go to? Sure, sure. Well, it's important for you to know that recovering from religion from top to bottom is an entirely volunteer organization. So we um, we don't have salaries. Our ad Min fees are minimal, so it's every all of the all of the donations, all of our contributions go toward furthering the program. Everything goes outward. It goes toward marketing to try to get the hotline, which we'll talk about the expansion of the hotline in just a few minutes. But it's so many of us, the volunteers, those of us in the secular world, our social media universes tend to be secular people, especially over time. You know, people drop out. Religious people, they they unfriend. 
befriend us and they leave and they go away. And so, so many of our personal communities are secular people. And so it takes money and time and effort to try to market our organization, to put it in front of the eyes of the folks who need it, which is religious people, whether that's advertising in magazines or whether that's doing a a social media blast or whatever it is. So our Mm. resources are specifically designated to reach the folks who need who need recovering from religion yeah, we have yeah. we have trimmed our costs down our ad- administrative costs down to to minimal and and our resources go toward trying to trying to help as many people as we possibly can so as i said as 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 agents and we we call our trained volunteers agents who ta- who field our phone calls and who field our chats i i mentioned before that we have certain restrictions we don't have any self disclosure we we're not a deconversion process uh, we don't give a lot of advice and counsel we're trying to lead the clients toward that but we have found over time when we have our calls and our chats there's still a piece that's missing particularly for our isolated folks and that is to be a part of a community. And there are some folks who are fortunate enough to live in areas we have, as Daryl mentioned, we have recovering from religion support groups. That's another prong of our programs, so to speak. And so in many cities, we have a recovering from religion, a real-time support group that meets once a month, real-time at Starbucks or wherever it is that they meet and they talk and they get their stories out. And if you're fortunate enough to live in one of those cities, awesome. But if you're not if it's not in your city and you may be in a rural area or you're just in an area where you don't have access to a support group because now we're including community and not just any it's yeah. not just a collection of folks. It's when when a, when a client joins our online community, they are able to request a either a religion-specific or an experience-specific group of folks who will have have dealt with, yes, dealt with and processed the same or similar situation as the person coming in. For example, maybe it's Baptist, maybe it's LGBT, maybe it's Muslim, maybe it's Mormon. And so our community, inside those communities then, that they can share their stories. And then that's where they can hear, well, this is the way I handled it, and this is what I didn't do so well, and this is what I did And so that seemed to be the one missing piece of the puzzle. We did an awesome job of fielding their questions and 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 helping them along, but then they desperately wanted to be able to talk to other folks who have been there. So we have expanded. Now we're calling it the helpline because the helpline is the resources. It's the hotline. It's the chat line. It's the online communities. It's everything we can possibly do to help you in your journey of recovering from religion or questioning and doubting your religion. You know, our our mission statement is to offer hope, healing, and support to those folks who are experiencing doubt or leaving their faith. And that's exactly been our focus on how we expand the helpline to do exactly that. How can we provide hope, help, and support? And so, uh, let, let me ask, how many calls do you think you get in a week? I mean, do you, do you guys track that? I mean, how big is the is the need for this? Do you, and, and I'm curious also, just uh, from, just, just curious, like, do you track where these calls come from in order for you guys to market to, and and I guess the reason I ask is, you know, I'm fortunate enough to live in, in Chicago, you know, so it's a being secular here in Chicago is not uh, terribly difficult to be honest with you. You know, I'm certain it is for some sure. people and some families, right. But I'm talking more generally from a uh-huh. community based perspective. Um, but, but as you discussed, you know, like if you were unfortunate enough to live in Alabama, you know, um, like I, I would think that there would be just so much more need for that in certain areas. So, 
Um, do you guys do Clearly. research to, to track this to, to make sure that your marketing efforts are, are aimed at those more vulnerable communities? We do, and that's an insightful question. Yes, we do. We're able to we're able to see um, when their call comes in because of the technical platform that we're using. When the call comes in, we have a general idea of the location we are um, we're very protective of the identity of the of the folks who call in if they uh, after after our initial call or chat if it leads to us us um, having a perception that they might benefit from being in the community they are are asked to provide an email, but even that one, if they're a little bit apprehensive about that, mm-hmm. if they're so protective of it, they can just create an entire email address, which we have had had have had people have to do because of the privacy of all of that. They can, um, but they do have to provide that. They don't have to provide their they don't have to provide their real name. They can use an alias if they choose to do that. So yes, we're able to track where they come in. Yes, we do have multiple calls going on, you know, often calls and chats going on at the same time. That's we're we're we. We've just transitioned from one, um, and I'm not a tech person, so I may not be using the correct lingo, but from one platform to another platform. So we're just reintegrating and getting all of our volunteers into there so that we can handle all of the calls and the chats that come in at the same time. If you go to recoveringfromreligion.org, that's our landing page. There is a little chat bubble in the corner, just like you would when you find chat at, at any of a you know a commercial website or something like that. And if that little green bubble is on, there's an agent available to take your chat. And the number is 184. I doubt it. And that you that. can call from a phone. You don't even have to near have to be near a computer to be to do that. And if nobody answers, you can just say, I'd like somebody to call me back. And we will literally schedule somebody for you to call them back with generally within that's, 24 hours. That's the yet another option that we've tried to offer. I As I great. said, our foremost thought is how how can we help these folks? So, yes, returning a call and scheduling a call to be returned is yet another option they can take advantage of. Within the last week or two, we've had chats from South Africa, England, um, among many others. I'm just saying mm-hmm. you're starting to really get international participation. People are learning about us. How they learn, how they learn about us, I'm not sure sometimes. Wow. That, so when you first started, you were in an IHOP. Have you guys like upgraded to say like an Olive Garden where you can get like a limited oh. breadsticks or something? Is there... <laughs> Sarah. Is that an upgrade? <laughs> no, really? I don't think it is, actually. Is that an upgrade? I, as I said it, I sort of threw up in my mouth. So, I, I mean, I don't think it is Aren't you just choosing, like, when yeah. to have a stomach exactly. ache? Exactly, yeah. You're like, just like, oh, I don't really care how the carbs get in me. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, uh, I, should I shit my brains out after breakfast or after dinner? I don't, it really doesn't matter. You know, right? Point, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to spend the next uh, four hours reading a book on the shitter. So if people were going to find this, I know you mentioned it earlier, but uh, but mention it again. How would they? How would someone, if they wanted to connect with you, how would they do it? Sure. It's real simple. The phone number is 184-I-doubt-it. And the website is recoveringfromreligion.org. And I want to mention, I, I don't know if we've said this, It's and, and it's we've implied it, but we haven't said it. All of these services are completely free. We do offer professional counseling through our Secular Therapy Project, and that's a whole other program that we have that connects folks to secular therapists that are professionals. This peer support, the phone calls, the chats, the resources, all of that is zero cost to the client. In 2012, uh, we started the Secular Therapy Project because it's, it, you may not realize it, but in Oklahoma City or Birmingham, Alabama, it's almost impossible to yeah. find a truly secular therapist. Isn't it impossible to find somebody that can read in most of those communities? Be nice. I'm sorry. Be nice. Not nice Jesus. as a person. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> 
what we did we created like a match.com and you can make all the fun you want there of it <laughs> between ther- between therapists and clients clients are looking for secular therapists in Oklahoma City well there's no secular therapist can raise their hand and say I'm a secular therapist I'm an atheist they would lose their entire practice because no hospital would refer to him no doctor would refer God, to him minister yeah. that's to terrible him. so just raising your hand and saying, I'm an atheist in Oklahoma City, you will lose your entire practice. So we have to be careful to protect their identity. Yeah. Yeah. On the other side, clients are seeking therapists. They can't go online and say, I want a secular therapist in Oklahoma City. Everybody you look at will say, I'm a Christian therapist or I'm a spiritual therapist. They can't, they can't find these people. That's just crazy to me, though. I'm. So, I don't mean to interrupt, and I know that that's the way mo- the world works south of the Mason Dixon or whatever, but that's terrible. That's just terrible. You would be surprised at how many Christian counselors there are in Chicago, Illinois. Oh, I'm sure. And oh, yeah. I'm yeah, sure yeah. there are. But like age, finding secular would not be terribly hard, I don't think. It it, it can be. You could end up with a woo-woo new age secular yeah, therapist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. It's not, not it's not just religion. Right. It's it's getting your third chakra aligned or making that sure that, hurt. Yeah. That's Mercury's not in yeah. <laughs> retrograde or whatever yeah. it, feels it is. Weird. Right. <laughs> Dry needling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You call it whatever you want, but uh... so when you go on when you go online to like I've I've done online dating uh, in my past. Um, yesterday is yesterday. your past, really? <laughs> well, within the last month, let's just. <laughs> and when you get online, you don't know who you're connecting with, and they can't see you, and you can't see you. Don't I mean there may be a photograph or whatever, right? But it, Text the anonymity of both sides until you decide you're ready to move forward and have your coffee or your date. But well, isn't it isn't it really depressing when the when the when the therapist swipes left on you though? <laughs> like, no, <laughs> not going to do that. Well, I can say yes. So once you established you you got online, you register as a therapist. Uh, you register as a client. And then you can go in and search and find, uh, show me all the therapists within 50 miles of me. And then you connect, you, you send an email through our system to the therapist you select. Awesome. It'll show, it it'll is. show you all their specialties. It, it'll, it has a description of their practice and what kind of practice they, you know, maybe their marriage and family or maybe children. And then you can find somebody that is guaranteed secular because I, along with four other secular atheist therapists vet every person comes into our system every and it's not just a superficial vetting it's a comprehensive vetting process just to ascertain that that person does provide evidence-based therapy because you you as we were joking about you'd be surprised at what creeps in and so daryl and the other professionals it's a it's 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 a comprehensive vetting process right and it takes us several weeks to vet a new uh, people apply a, a psychologist or social worker or apply to become a therapist with us and we vet them we do reject somewhere around 30% of all applicants because they don't really? meet. Yeah, they don't meet our criteria. They have to prove to us they're secular and they have to prove to us they use evidence-based sector. Uh, and they're therapy. not hot enough. So and like, what is that process? One. Like, yeah, like what's your yeah. favorite Carl Sagan quote? Like, <laughs> how do you prove it? Well, you said, what you, you, which of the four horsemen you can, do you most identify you with? Like, there's like a Facebook quiz. Oh, I got Dawkins. Oh, man, man, I got Hitch again. That sucks. Oh, so no, it's a good one. Yeah. It's 
look at the website. And so that's a, that that would give you an indication. But you also might, um, and, and Daryl can tell you more about it, you might check, um, you know, Yelp reviews. You might, uh, you, you know, there's an interview process with the, with the, with the therapist himself. What else, Daryl? a sorting hat. <laughs> if they can show us that on their Facebook page that they've made secular references or they belong to a meetup site that's secular, those that'll satisfy yeah, us. Yeah. Um, they can't always um, send us that, and it would be dangerous sometimes because they don't want to out be outed. And they That's don't crazy. How to, how we're going to use that information? So wow. that's just crazy. And you have this secure email system that keeps everybody anonymous in that whole process, right? Right. Exactly. Wow. Can you contact John Podesta? <laughs> and set something up there. And we also cooperate really closely with other groups like sector, uh, like the uh, clergy project. And we, we, we actually help clergy with therapy um, sometimes because getting out of, getting out of a, being a minister can be a pretty traumatic thing. I can't we imagine. Can, we refer people to places, uh, other groups like Grief Beyond Belief. Yeah, we were, I was just going to mention yeah. Grief Beyond Belief because uh, we, had, we had interviewed. They do great work too. Yeah, we mm-hmm. interviewed someone from Grief Beyond Belief a while back. And it, when we started mm-hmm. talking about the secular therapy, that immediately brought that back. It just, you know. yeah. Rebecca Hensler has done a great job there. And yeah. we want to support all those kinds of groups. We think we're going to get a lot of people. We're not going to. We get a lot of people coming to us because we're the first point of contact. But they, but then we need to send them to the places where they can get help. So one more time, where would they find you? Sure. it's The website is recoveringfromreligion.org. And the phone number is one. Eight four, I doubt it. And of course, we have social media. We have Twitter. We have Facebook. You can find us all over the place. All you have to do, all you have to do is look. And we are always, always embrace new volunteers. We 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 depend upon the donations, the generous contributions of folks who share our vision. We we always appreciate a retweet or a signal boost of anything. You know, when we have our new podcasts released or when we have a new blog come out, if you can give us that. And then the most, one of the most important things is to is to help us find the people who need us. So if you can make a, a recommendation or a reference to someone who's seeking and who's needing what we provide, that's the other thing that we can ask for. So all of that helps us out. So we're going to put uh, all this information on this episode. Show notes is episode 361. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. We really do. Your work is amazing and, and keep it up. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Put them up. Put them up. Which one are you first? I fight you both together if you want. I fight you with one poor tie behind my back. I fight you standing on one foot. I fight you with my eyes closed. See, so this story, which is, by the way, on episode 361, Cognitive Distance. I didn't get that wrong earlier. Don't worry about that. 361. You never heard me say 362. I edited in 361. These are not the 362s you're looking for. I didn't edit it in. I'm not talking about 362 earlier. This story is from Right Wing Watch. Um, Sandy Rios defends Greg Gianforte's, I may have mispronounced it, I'm sorry, uh, assault on girly man reporter. Doesn't Gianforte ben mean Jacobs. strength anyway? Like, <laughs> forte! It's just giant fort. Yeah, it's it's just giant that. fort, you know? That's it. It's Greg Giant Fort. Giant Forte. Giant Fort. Yeah. Um, so, just uh, if anybody hasn't seen this, um, that Greg Gianforte guy fucked up Ben Jacobs. He fucking choke so slammed. He's fucking yeah. Undertaker. Right. Is that the guy? Undertaker? Yeah, it's Undertaker. Did yeah. I get that right? Yeah. You, there's a couple of different guys, but Undertaker's one of them. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. But so here's the thing. Wrestling is real. <laughs> Lucha Libre. <laughs> it is today. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, so here's the here's what 
So there's been a couple of different reports. What you have is audio of the incident. And the audio of the incident basically has a guy say, ask a question. That's the Guardian reporter. Right. Ask a question. The guy says he doesn't want to answer it right now. And he says, yeah, but you, I won't get a chance to ask it later. Is there any way that, you know, and, he, and he's, and he's pushed. He's badgering him. He's sure. clearly yeah. badgering uh-huh. him. That's what reporters do to public individuals. Sure. That's what happens. If you're in the news and you're a newsworthy individual, you should expect that you're going to be badgered by Reporters. Reporters. If not, then you need to sequester yourself in a place that you're away from reporters. You chose to be in politics. Nobody nobody held a gun to your head and said you had to be in politics. So this guy, every reporter should have, every every politician should have, you know, they should know this is going to happen. So he gets asked twice. Then there's a moment where you hear a rustling and he says something like, get, you know, get the hell away from me or whatever. And then there's a rustling. You hear the thing fly across the room. It bounces or whatever. It flies across the room, the recorder. And then there's a there's rustling sounds. And he says, you know, he says, you guys always do this or something. And then there's there's a moment where the guy says, you just body slam me. And and the the guy doesn't deny it. The person Gianforte yeah, doesn't right. deny it. He says something else to the effect of stop pestering me or stop bothering me. And then this guy turns and asks these people who Fox News that right. he's there and said, hey, can I have your names? They're dumbfounded. They don't even speak. And then he says, well, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to call the cops because he gets told to leave by uh-huh. one of the security guards. And that's the end of the tape. The it, Fox News guys corroborate right. this. So the Fox News guys corroborate this story. Right. They say he, was, he wasn't he was body slammed. He was choke slammed, which right. is a totally different finishing maneuver. <laughs> and then this guy's camp before Fox News corroborates it, though, comes out with a, a version of the story that he shoved the recorder in the face of the guy, the the politician. The politician then grabs his arm to push it away. This guy then pulls, pulls so hard that they both fall on the ground. Right. So the reporter basically pulled him to the ground is what they're trying to say happened. Yep. He wasn't supposed to be there. He wasn't supposed to be in this restricted area, which is, again, blaming the victim, right, of your, of your choke slam. Right. You're basically like, oh, I fucking body slammed that guy on the ground or choke slammed that guy on the ground. But it's his fault because he to, shouldn't have been there. To be fair, he was wearing a choker. Yeah. And if you don't want to get choked, and in don't his, wear a And in his leotard. <laughs> and his Lucha Libre mask. And those are all indicators that you need to be choked. I, I actually do think if somebody shows up dressed as a wrestler, you do get to wrestle them, right? I feel like if somebody just busts in and is like, burr, burr, dude, and they got the fucking mask and everything, and they're making... You're, you're, allowed gotta, to, you're allowed to go off the top rope. Right. You yeah. can do the people's elbow. I feel like it's more than that. You're expected yeah. to. It's not just allowed. <laughs> exactly, right? It's like, I don't yeah. know, like you're at a wedding, you got to dance, yeah, right? Exactly. So... Anyway, so that's what happened. That's the backstory on this reporter being assaulted by this guy. And it was assault because he got charged with misdemeanor assault. Yeah. So Why he, is that misdemeanor? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, you're in Montana and I think you actually have to shoot someone. But you know, and one of the things that was <laughs> in Montana in order for it to be actually like a felony assault. I think one of the things that was suggested is that it might have been a misdemeanor assault charge because the sheriff is a known contributor to Gianforte's campaign. Oh, he's his wrestling manager? <laughs> <laughs> he's the Don King the- for uh, Greg Gianforte? <laughs> he's Undertaker's, like, guy, the, the Paul Bearer or whatever. Right? He used to follow around. <laughs> Paul Bearer was his name, I think. It's a great pun. It's really funny. No, I don't know if that's his name or not, but I, that's funny. Anyway, so Sandy Rios then came out with this tape about this particular incident that we're going to listen to right now. This is from Right Wing Watch. Uh, is probably delighted about what he caused to happen. And you wonder, I mean, you know, how do you handle that? If the press is so aggressive with you uh, and rude, which they are, do you have no rights at all to fight back? I don't know. 
No. You don't, you don't have a no. right to fight the press no. if somebody's rude to you. If somebody calls you a cocksucker on the street, you don't get you don't have the right to shank them. Right. Like, that's a stupid society you're I, thinking. Yeah, of. right. Like, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I went to a Starbucks and the barista got my drink wrong, so I fucked her. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> what? What? No, you can't do yeah. that. Like, you can't respond to perceived slights of etiquette or even or even aggressive uh, breaches of etiquette with physical violence like you can't we you can never do that we've, we've sort of come a long way baby since then well, are we are we really to the point where it's like them's fight more yeah we're not throwing gauntlets down at people's right? feet that's ridiculous i say i say i say concern <laughs> <laughs> it well, maybe you shouldn't be knocking them over if he did that but what else are you to do Suck it up, Buttercup. You're a fucking put the politician. You're supposed to answer questions that the public asks you. Well, but but even beyond that, it's like what else? She's, she says like maybe you shouldn't knock him over. What else are you supposed to do? Well, not knock him over. Leave the room. Right. Leave the room. Talk to him. Just leave the room. Don't talk to the him. guys in your way. Walk around him. You know, it seems to me like it's an, it'd be an easy thing to do. Like I understand getting frustrated by it, right? I do but too. Like, Absolutely. Like I would get frustrated if somebody's up in my fucking grill, right? But I also be like, well, I guess I fucking was asking for this. And I'll, what I'll do is I'll make his fucking, I'll make him, I will bore that man into submission. I'll stand there and just drop my face into stoicism and just be like, mm, and just quiet it up. There's nothing for him to do. Yeah. He can ask all the questions. I wouldn't even respond with, I'm not going to answer that question. I'll just be fucking dead silent yeah. until you leave. Yeah. Your recorder will run out of batteries. Yeah. Right? That's it. I'll sit fucking Indian style or it's crisscross applesauce or Taylor sitting, sir. I'm going to sit Indian style because I kick it old school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just I'll just I'll, I'll wait you out or right. I'll just leave. Right. Like like I'll just go somewhere else like that. that there's right. plenty of other solutions so, to this. There's a hundred other solutions. Then grab the guy by the throat and, and do your finishing. move. Right. Yeah. Was he heard to utter get over here yeah, exactly. before he get over here? <laughs> And, you know, I was watching last night, I was watching a Clark Gable, uh, Spencer Tracy movie, because I told you sometimes I watch. Because I like the past. Oh, my God. The past. I got out my reel to reel. Oh, my God. I was watching a Clark these Gable those, or Spencer Tracy. These are Tra those old timey people, though, that are like, America used to be great when you used to be able to grant full, grab a handful of woman ass, right? whatever you wanted. Exactly. And just. Again, that was a time. Yeah, was just a, yeah. date rape, whoever you like. <laughs> old movies just to cleanse my brain. I was in so many meetings yesterday and uh, they, they were good friends and yet they fought. It was the Wild West and they would get in fights with each other because they'd get angry. This is fiction! It's a fictional fucking also, time! Also, it's a different time. If somebody laid their hands on me and they said they were my friend, I would never talk to them again. Like, right? I, like, I don't Can you imagine fist fighting? Yeah, I couldn't. I, I, I could literally never can't. hit you. When was the last time? Tom, when was the last time you balled up your fist and punched someone with it? When was the last time? Junior year of high school. Uh, summer between junior and senior year. I genuinely don't remember the last yeah. time I did it. We've given up on this. We've moved, we've evolved past where you have to fucking fight the next jerk for berries. Right. We don't do this anymore, <laughs> right? You just don't do it. Now, fucking Wild West times are different times. You know, and again, like you said, it's fictional anyway, right? right? It's, it's already fiction. Yeah. It's like, it's like, well, I remember when we used to be able to solve the problem by carrying around a 44 Magnum yeah. and asking people if they felt lucky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, yeah. It, No, that didn't happen. That's yeah. a fucking imaginary vengeance bullshit. And I'm thinking, you know, I remember when men used to actually settle things between themselves, um, not killing each other, but, you know, just settling. And so, uh, but now in this culture, you, man, you, you, that's whatever. If you respond in any way with any kind of anger. 
Uh, that's a terrible thing. It is. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I know you're being sarcastic, you fucking twat, but that's a fucking real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody should be no. Nobody should be settling things like men between themselves through physical violence. Yeah. That's actually not settling things like men. That's settling things like children yeah. on the schoolyard. Absolutely. And I feel like she's mansplaining to me right now. <laughs> uh, I don't even know how to ask this, except I described, you know, watching that old movie with Clark Gable and Spencer Tracy and how many fights there were between the guys and they honor, like they settled their differences. I'm not saying we should be the wild West, but it has something been lost in us becoming maybe over the line in terms of every touch, every glance, every, uh, it's not a glance. It's not a glance and it's not just a touch. It's a fucking physically violent act against another human being. Like I could, like, here's the thing. Like, even if the guy just like, kept walking in the same direction and this guy got shouldered by him, I wouldn't be as nearly as, as, as worked as up, worked right, up about yeah, this. But right. this guy physically attacked the other guy. Yeah. Well, the thing is too, like what, what we should, we should settle things like, by the way, we should, we want, we want the arbiter of who's right and wrong to be settled by, by who's stronger. Yeah, we don't fucking better yeah. in combat. Like, like it's not a trial by combat, right? Exactly. Like, oh, so I because I maybe I'm I'm younger or stronger than somebody. It means I'm more right about the subject we're disagreeing about. Well, well and, and think about it this way: the converse. If you think this is how this should be solved, then I guess that reporter should be allowed to tackle you and hold you on the ground until you answer the fucking question, right? right? Let's think about the converse then. Let's think about, okay, well, if that's the world you want to live in, then fucking fat-ass, chumpy Donald Trump is going to get fucking held down and he's going (laughs) to piss himself because there's going to be one big, strong, the rock motherfucker who's going to hold him on the ground and make him tell him the fucking what he wants to hear. You know, if that's the case, if that's the world you want to live in, why do these people have secret service then? Why are they constantly surrounded by bodyguards? If the world you want to live in is put up your dukes that don't have a secret service. Attempt at sort of uh, settling a circumstance is uh, like punishable by law. You know, it all yeah. sounds very, very grade school. Yeah, assault is punishable yeah, by law. That's, that's how it works. Nothing that's how new. laws work. Even in fucking Mad Max style Montana. Right. They still have laws. Yeah, one. They just happen to be a misdemeanor instead of a <laughs> felony everywhere else. Playgroundy, doesn't it? Like the kids that go, he, he not, he hit me. He not. That's what that he sounded like to me. I'm sorry. I'm no. I'm tough on him. I am because because you're a cunt. That's why. Because you're a giant fucking pulsating oozing cunt. You know. And I hate why. to say this, but like. It's it's also because nobody's going to beat her up if yep, she if, yep, if she's wrong absolutely because she doesn't have to face you know it's really easy to say when you don't think that you're going to be the subject of a beating yep right but if you think like oh yeah, well I guess we should just uh, settle our agreements by beating the shit out of each other yeah. well you know hope you like getting the shit beat out of you you're never going to get challenged to combat right yeah there's a big difference between a frail old woman yep. and somebody else who's going to try to defend themselves exactly. He's already printed so many bad things about this GN40, and I imagine GN40 was pretty, pretty angry. Well, that's fucking too bad. You can be as angry as you want. Be super fucking angry. Hey, man, have you been angry? I'm angry right now. I am too. You're going to beat up Sandy Rios? Jesus. I'm not going to ever beat up Sandy Rios. Uh, to begin with, especially when exactly. he came in. So uh, I realize I'm, pre- I'm presenting it with the facts that I know. Maybe we'll hear more today, and I'll go, oh, GN40 is a terrible person. <laughs> presented a single fact all you presented is an opinion yeah and your and, and her what facts is, well her facts are i don't really know what happened that's not a fact well that's yeah that's, that's just, again, just that's admitting like, ignorance sure yeah. i don't know how space shuttles work <laughs> that's not a 
fact about space you, shuttles. The, the, the difference is, is you don't know how space shuttles work. She doesn't know how laws work. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't win, but I don't think so. How are you to respond if someone is, um, I mean, there is a natural anger that comes when someone invades your space and uh, and and abuses really their their ability to uh, to do what it is that they're doing. They're, they're abusing their ability sense. to do what it is they're doesn't doing. doesn't make any sense. What, what I don't that, know what the fuck that means. I'm going to abuse my ability to do what I do. <laughs> like, what? What? I feel like it's just, that's just masturbating. It now. feels like, it feels like you should be sh- like shaking your head back and forth right? when you say it. You know? <laughs> um, what, what, what you're saying here is that you think that that guy got up in his grill and invaded his space well, again, so what? Yeah. Just being in someone's space, if you you're supposed you have to put your hands on someone else first. And even in the fucking released statement that Gianforte's fucking right. camp released, he their put released statement on. is he put his hand on the reporter. Right. He is at fault. That's why he was charged with a, even a misdemeanor. Right. It's because he put his hands on the other guy. You can't do that. We don't let people do that because because the excuse can't be I beat him up because I was angry because he was in my space. That's implied. Yeah. That's yeah. it's implied <laughs> that that's why. Like that. right. Well, yeah. Do, well, I beat that guy up. Well, were you angry? Yes. Well, let him go. He was angry. What well, else was he supposed to do? Control his temper like a big boy. Well, were you? Was he a Nazi? And were you Dan Errol? <laughs> because then we'll let you off. Gone across a line, and it seems to me like this may have been what happened with Gianforte. And this Ben Jacobs, but um, William, have you, do you, what do you think about men fighting? Do you think that we've lost some ability to settle things on our own by by having this kind of girly man response and this litigation and calling the police instead of just settling it? When have you, I mean, is that insulting to women to I call think, somebody a yeah. girly man? I think like, it is. You're, you're right? saying like that if I am girly, that that makes me less than? Doesn't yeah. that like, oh, you don't want someone to be like my gender. Ugh, I'm weak and shitty. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, you just, you've insulted, you've managed to insult everybody with that yeah. comment. Ready to stick it in the glory hole? Get links to their Facebook, Twitter, and if you still use it, Google Plus account at their website, dissonancepod.com. If you need to be all discreet about it, contact them by email at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a ransom message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Want to hear Cognitive Dissonance commercial free and gain access to exclusive content, including full patron-only shows? Head to patreon.com forward slash dissonance pod and become a patron to support the show on a per episode basis. Love commercials? Not ready to become a patron? Give the guys a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher. Or tell your buddies in the drunk tank about the show. We want to send a big sloppy glory hole to all the patrons and people who rate us. You fucking rock. So season of the story is from Right Wing Watch. This is our uh, least favorite shoe. Theodore Shubat. Victims of Manchester bombing were pro-sodomite sluts and whores. What's worse, a shoe bat or a shoe spider? Which is worse? Because mm, well, the bat, you know, for sure is in there because it squishes. Like right, you, you, that's true. Yeah. That's true. You know, it's it's hard to tell because once you've got the spider in there, then you have to swallow the shoe oh, bird the to catch first. the spider. The yeah. fly is always. The fly is always assumed. in there. Yeah, yeah, the fly is assumed. Uh, my, my stomach is essentially a fly strip. They just <laughs> fly in there. 
Yeah, I just keep my mouth open all the time. I just, I, what I do is I make sure to eat an entire food chain Repos- in sequence. Repository for dead flies. It's essentially <laughs> my stomach. You're like the Amityville horror if you get opened up. What the fuck was he doing? Is, was that a, is that a plague uh, of locusts I hear? Is that Cecil coming by? All right. So the, the shoe ban, uh, so it's just mean the, to little kids. Yeah. It's just the, remember like the youngest, the youngest kid to die at that concert, at the Ariana Grande concert, was an eight-year-old girl. Eight-year-old, yeah. She's about to call her a, a, a pro-sodomite slut. Yeah. I, I want to say, too, and, and I'm being in, in all serious yeah. now, we visited Manchester. It's a beautiful it's city. A, we had a wonderful time. We had time. a wonderful time. It's a beautiful the city. The people were incredible. And they were nice. They were good, nice people. We had a great time there. We not only got a chance to meet people from Manchester itself, but from people from all over England when we went, and all right. over the world when we went to QED. And we had a wonderful time. And it wasn't just people from Manchester, but every time we ventured out, every time we traveled somewhere inside that area, I never felt like anybody was ever rude or mean. Oh my God, no. I, was, I, I had just a wonderful time there. It's a beautiful city. It, it is, is a beautiful city. And I was absolutely moved by how many people came out for that vigil. There was just, the street was packed. You could yeah. not fit another human being on that street. And I just, I, I, mean, I was, I was, you're struck so, you're just so saddened by this turn of events, clearly perpetrated by somebody who is linking themselves to Islamic extremism, to right. awful, shitty, terrible ideas that deserve no quarter in the, in in the, the marketplace side of yeah. ideas. There's, they're awful, shitty ideas. And the religions that propagate them are awful, terrible things that have twisted people's minds into blowing themselves up to hurt other people. A- a- any, ser- any set of motivations that can encourage you to attend a concert primarily full of Preteen girls, yeah, and set off a bomb designed to do the a design set of a bomb, period, a bomb, but specifically yeah. a bomb designed yeah. to do the maximum amount of carnage and damage to fucking children. Yeah, I mean, what kind of a fucking horrifying monster of an and any set of ideas that would encourage or uh, you know, condone in any way, in any way, even in the slightest yeah. way, any set of ideas. That, that could possibly allow for that to be anything other than an evil. Yeah. Just have no place in the world. They have, that, those ideas have no place in the civilized world. They should never be considered, respected, yeah. tolerated. Absolutely. I'm, I'm 100% with you. And this is, this is clearly a calculated attack to hurt the morale of the people of <clears throat> that country, to right. further divide that country behind pro and anti-immigration to mm-hmm. further cause a grift among the people there so that it destabilizes that country. Yeah, that's right. what they're trying that's, to that's do. That's the intention that's of these their kind of goal. Acts, right? Their goal is to destabilize. Their goal is to make you afraid of the other. Their goal is to make you live in fear, to constantly be checking. That's what they want. That's the goal of all these people. That's mm-hmm. how they want this world to work. They want you to be afraid. And those people who stood out there at that vigil. Not afraid. Basically looked at and said, fuck off. I'm not afraid of you. You can't scare us. And so bravo, Manchester just is just, I mean, it's a beautiful place, beautiful people. And amazing. they handled this in an amazing way. I mean, hats off to them. But I want to talk about this horrible, despicable, shitty human being who would attack the victims of this. In regards to this attack, I must say, I really have no sympathy for these people. The people who died, the people who were injured. An eight-year-old girl. Yeah, an eight-year-old girl. girl. I don't care what they, I don't care what any eight-year-old girl has ever said or done. Yeah. Just eight. 
She's below the age of reason. Yeah. She she literally cannot be responsible. Even I can't. What would an eight year old girl do that could possibly be that could possibly warrant this kind of to be the death penalty? A suicide bomber. That's confusing to me. <laughs> 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 you scanners might no, even still, like even still, it's she, not her she's fault. Manipulated right? She's manipulated into manipulated that shit, her whole right? life. Yeah, yeah of right. course we're kidding. Course. But yeah. but yeah, it's like even then it's not their fault. They're right. too young to make that choice. Even Catholics, even idiots like you who have your cross that you probably stick up your ass every night. This guy sits under, like, you know, this this guy sits under this cross every night. Even the Catholics have a moment that they still say that you come to the age of reason. Right. It's not eight. It's not eight. Who were scared out of their minds and who ran away. Ah! I really don't care. You don't care that people ran away from the, a scene he's, of carnage and devastation? What I, what I like about this is that he's saying that people who are afraid that someone blew themselves up and killed people ran away screaming. It's like, yeah, everybody does that. Like, that's, that's a you, silly your thing. Your body to, does yeah. that. I freaked out when I ate a bad licorice. Yeah. Your body is just like, oh, Bomb? Yeah. Oh, I got a gold yeah. body massage machine. Go. Like, it just I would go. Go. Right. Yeah. This guy, this is the kind of guy, though, that loves to, you know, he loves Jabber, to yap. jabbers. He loves to yap. He loves to talk. But if this guy ever saw anything that approached something that could be threatening or dangerous right. to him, this guy fills his pants so fast. You know how dogs in 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 a pack will like pee on themselves to show submission. Like right. this is the kind of guy who would scoop the shit out of his pants right. and rub it on his face <laughs> to say how how submissive he is. Like he's right. that kind of person. This is a guy who's who's clearly lives with so much fear that he can't even pluck his own eyebrows. Like he's afraid <laughs> eyebrow, of the most eyebrow eyebrow, Tom, eyebrow. Let's not give him more eyebrows than he has. All right, you've got me there. <laughs> Cyclop brow. The types of people that go to these concerts are the same types of people who are responsible for the 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 degeneracy that you see in society, the the, the moral decay, the decay of nations. These people are responsible. Those that little eight-year-old girl is responsible for the responsible. degeneracy of society. Yeah, she wrote a strongly worded letter to the UN once. What in all caps? Yeah. Like she had to use that paper that has like the dash line through the center of it. <laughs> Because exactly. she's eight. Because she's eight. Yeah. Which is a second grader. That's outrageous. I mean, it, there's it, it, the idea. You know what he's saying is, though, is that and he's going to show a picture we got to have to describe later, but he's going to show a picture of what he thinks are gay people. And that's what makes it. That's what makes it OK. They killed gay people. Now, he's not going to say that it's OK that they died, that, that, that they were killed, but he's going to think it's OK that they died. There's a difference there. It's very subtle. A guy like this. Can you imagine if he met the dad of that eight-year-old girl? Or the mom, for sure. that matter? Whatever. Doesn't matter. They would, he would be, he you think he would talk like this in front of them? In front of a, in front it's of the real easy. Parent? Real easy, right? It's real real easy. easy when you're not yeah. faced. And I'm not even Absolutely. talking about the threat of violence. I'm talking yeah. about when you're faced with somebody's real grief. Yeah. When you are faced with somebody's real genuine grief when somebody's heart has actually broken and you can see that and you can and you have and you're forced to face the fact of somebody's raw humanity you think he would talk like that no i don't think so i also think though too and this is something i was thinking about today and this is this was at the sandy rio story earlier you know we have this and this this could be just a total tangent and i and i apologize but i it's something i was thinking about so we have this 
when we talk, you and I talk, and mm-hmm. when I talk to other people, at least people I know, we're all sort of wowed by an underdog story. We're all like, sure, oh yeah, the yeah, underdog story, yeah. the underdog story. We all kind of, we, we root for the underdog. We root for the underdog. Why do we root for the underdog? Because we have empathy, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's what causes people to think, I want the underdog to win, is that they're empathetic to the position that they're in. That, you know, to be in that position would suck. You know, nobody believes in you. You don't believe in yourself, et cetera. Et cetera and then you wind up, you know, overcoming yeah, you come from behind overcoming yeah, that, right it's one of the best ways to come the well okay one right. of, no, I mean, one yeah, sure like i like the sprinkler but <laughs> however you want to do it is fine am i selecting a group of people to surround myself that agree with me because look at trump right yeah. i know trump played the underdog underdog card but he's also a bully yeah, and he's an right? overt, That's interesting. He's an overt bully, yeah. right? He's a bully of a human being. We watched today how he bullied one of the guys out of the way just to get his picture taken. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and if you're a Trump supporter, I don't know how you defend that set of actions that he did today as not him trying to be a dominant shitty asshole. Right. That's the only thing you can. I, I don't know how you how you look at what he did today. Well, I, I did read some comment threads about that out of curiosity. And people were like, good. America first. Well, yeah, okay, and exactly right. like that 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 echoes my point exactly, which is which is if 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 they if they did try to defend it as like oh it was a joke, it's clearly not a joke. You can see his face crinkles, his old fucking shitty gross bully face crinkles when he tries to grab the guy. Right. He's clenching his teeth and he's trying to use force. He, mm-hmm. You can see it happen. So that that's all bullshit. But the other option is is the good, right? Good. I'm glad he did that. I'm glad he yeah. pushed someone else around. I'm glad the leader of our nation is pushing other people around physically, right? That's a populace of people that don't have that level of empathy that I have or sure. that other people have. Yeah. They don't care hmm. about, about uh, universal health care. They w- it would never occur to them and it would never occur to them because they, d- they only care about people that came out of their vaginas and out of their dicks, right? Those are the only people that they care about. I have a question about this. Could we then realistically use cool runnings as a litmus test. Like if you watch cool runnings and you're like, or do we have to use the mighty ducks? I I would stay away from cool runnings because can a racist be empathy? That's true. We got to get rid of the black. What about bad news bears? Bad news bears. Could you predict somebody's political leanings by their reaction to bad news bears? I say you do Brian's song. Or what's that movie where Hillary Swank breaks her neck? Oh, Million Dollar Baby. Million Dollar Baby. Do that one. There you go. Sorry, spoiler alert. In Million Dollar Baby, Hillary Swank breaks her neck. (laughs) It's kind of the whole plot of the movie, actually. (laughs) Whoopsie. Rosebud is the sled, too. I'm just (laughs) But, uh, but. It, it occurred to me when I was thinking about that bullying, yeah. like, cause she's like Sandy Rios in the previous story is clearly talking about bullying other people, right? She's mm-hmm. saying that's okay. That it's okay if you have to fist fight to get your way through it. You know, this guy clearly has no empathy, right? There's no empathy. And right. is there a connection, right? Is there a connection between these people that have no empathy, that are rooting for the bully, that don't care about other people? Is there some yeah, I don't know. connection there? Do you, do you think, and I don't know, we're just speculating, but I'm curious, like, honestly, like, do you think this guy has no empathy because he has the benefit of distance. Distance erodes empathy. It I does. Think, right? I think you're right. Yeah. So do you think, do you think people like this have less empathy because they have greater distance and they're able to maintain distance through, you know, by, by engaging the world 
sort of through distance related Almost media. Voyeuristically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. he's not, he's not participating in the world. He's commenting on the world. Mm-hmm. He's, he's seeing stories and come. Hmm. I don't like this. Train I of am a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Burn them. Burn them all. <laughs> they go to these concerts dressed up as whores, dressed up as sluts. They're pro sodomite. They're pro divorce. They're pro infidelity. So far, I don't, I don't check, see check, any problems. Check, right? Like, <laughs> I don't see you know, and that's the thing is, right? How on earth? Could an eight-year-old be any of those? How, yeah, an eight-year-old is pro-divorce. An eight-year-old is dressed like a whore? Right. Wow. An eight-year-old is pro-sodomy? I mean, maybe if you're in one of those countries with trafficking. Andy Wilson lives over there, doesn't he? How does an eight-year-old relate to any of that stuff? She no, doesn't, right? She, she can't. Pro-divorce? An eight-year-old is pro-divorce? Man. Daddy lives across town. That's <laughs> awful. They are, they are, they're, have, they have no interest to defending the culture and the morality and the tradition and, and the faith that Europe once had. They have no interest at all. Well, they're not European. Yeah. First of all. Yeah, I mean, they're definitively not European. Like now they Brexited the fuck out of right. them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and also does that fall on an eight year old shoulder? I don't know. Does Keeping the faith fall on an eight-year-old shoulder. Like everything you're saying is ridiculous at its face, period. But it's even more ridiculous when you think about the victims of this crime. Right. It's a silly thing to even think about adults having to keep this same weird stormtrooper culture you have going through your fucking head. In his mind, like like a preteen girl has to defend the honors of a traditional society. They want evil. They want decay. They want sodomy. They want Sodom and Gomorrah. Nobody wants Nobody Sodom want, and Gomorrah. Nobody wants evil and decay. Some people do want sodomy. Who what? cares? As long as everybody involved in that transaction and, is pro sodomy, then fucking who cares? And if you're totally into it, go to our sponsor, AdamEve.com. <laughs> There's all kinds of things that you can put in your butt. You're going to need some lube. Or help you to get in the butt. Or make sure that the butt feels good. You know, there's lots of things that you can do. Just go to AdamEve.com. Enter Gloria Checkout. Gloria Checkout. Get a free gift. You'll 50% get, off of almost any order. You'll get a swing. <laughs> get a sex swing. You get a sex swing. I mean, there's a lot. You have a lot going for you here. Right. And you could have a lot going into you as well. <laughs> Let me show you guys some examples of what I am talking about here. All right. So let's look at some of the people who uh, went to the concert. So he's going to show picture of victims. So there's two victims on the screen right now, and I'm going to describe what we're seeing. We're seeing a uh, booby. What do they call those? Bobbies? Two bobbies. Uh, That's what you call police officers over there. Oh, they have different names? Um, And then... They'll call them coppers? And then they they have a, a woman, a young girl. She... I don't know how old she is. She's She's in a tank top. Maybe in teen... uh, She's a teen plus. Um... And she is in a tank top, and you can see the shape of her right booby a little bit. No matter how indecently she were dressed, she's it, it's it not, doesn't, yeah, matter, doesn't matter, right? right? So, I, so I just want to be very clear that we're not on that. But I also want to say, like, there's nothing indecent about the way That's she's a, dressed. It's a pretty average looking top. She's just on a it. woman in a tank yeah. top in a in a society that does not care. Mostly, unless you're a crazy uptight Christian, right? There's another picture on the guy on the right. He's got his arm. Oh, there's a guy in all black with glasses, 
There's a guy in white with a black shirt. His his it looks like they took his pants off inside to work on him. And he's walking out with bandages on his leg in his boxers, right? So I pro- he probably did not go to the concert in, in his boxers, tidy whiteies. Right. He probably had his pants removed inside so that they could quickly bandage his legs, right. which are clearly injured in this in this photo. He's being helped out by a couple of individuals, one of which has a shaved hair cut with a pair of glasses. They're both a little overweight. The, the victims of the bombing, right? I'm not saying bombing is good. I don't agree with it. All right? I don't agree with it. So let's get that clear. But I'm totally cool with the results of the bombing. Yeah, so I don't right? agree with the bombing itself, but I'm super happy about how these people reacted, how they were killed, and I'm not sympathetic to any of them. And I feel like you're pro-bombing. Yeah, I mean, I think... Right? Know, like, like, how do you not agree with it when you agree with what happened exactly. as a result what, of All it? the stuff that happened Right? Afterwards. I don't... It's a distinction without a difference. But let's look at the people here. This is why I, I really have no sympathy. He's pointing, the to the, he's pointing to the, the one of the guys helping another victim out. He's just he's a, a guy wearing glasses just a and guy a black shirt. Yeah, so. Glasses on the picture on the right. Look at his hair. Shaved on the side. Looks like a freaking sodomite. Some sodomite. Because he's, he's got a... Is he suggesting that he's got a gay haircut? I guess so. Is he suggesting that the man who is helping an injured person is less of a person... Who deserves to have tragedy and horror inflicted upon him using the photo of him helping an injured person? He deserves that because his haircut might be gay? He used a number four on the sides. Yes. Look at the woman on the left. You can tell just by looking. Come on, you can tell just by looking at them what kind of people these are. They're all. Oh. Yeah, they're concert goers. They're pa- That's they're, what they they're are. Just they're people. concert goers. They're, they're human beings that right. enjoy live music. Oh, yeah, I love gay people. Oh, yeah, I got a lot of gay friends, blah, 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 blah. Right? Let's look at this article here. Ariana Grande goes on expletive-filled rant about homophobia. Look at this picture. You can just tell by looking at the picture, looking at the face, looking at the eyes of this girl that she is a nasty, evil woman. She's supposed to be a nasty, evil woman? How fucking... What? She's 23. 23. I don't know about Ariana Grande, but Ariana Caliente. (laughs) 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 Yeah. uh, She does not look like an evil person. The harlot of Babylon. Here's the thing, man. Like, what does an evil person look like? That's a that is or Shubat. Okay, you got me. Yeah. 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 But Uh, like a a unibrow dipshit sitting in his fucking mom's room wearing a fucking cheap polo. I would never look at Theodore Schubert and say you look evil, but I would listen to a two-minute rant and say you're evil. Yeah, right. Because yeah. all you had to do is open your mouth. All yeah. you had to do was say your shitty, garbage, useless, outdated beliefs, and I immediately knew you were an awful human being. Something's He's, genuinely wrong with yeah, you. Yeah, right. You're, you're somebody who is someone who needs help more than anything else. Or you're just a provocateur who doesn't actually believe this stuff you just want views. Yeah. Or he's just so afraid of his own sexuality. Doesn't matter. Both of those things, whether you're a provocateur saying this shit just to get views or you believe it. Equally responsible responsible for your hate-filled bigotry. Shitty, shitty thing that you say. It's not human intelligence! Tom, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. I just want to do a little (laughs) to Alex Jones here. All right. This is from Right Wing Watch. Alex Jones retracts comments accusing Chobani of hiring migrant rapists. It's a big claim. I want to read Chibani's a little a bit. a yogurt company. They are. What do you use the rapist 
Forget it. Um, what do you so, use the migrants? For? <laughs> you, it's yogurt. Well, what are they out picking the yogurts? Well, it is Greek yogurt. Oh, that explains all the hair in it. Mm. <laughs> Swarthy yogurt. <laughs> so what we have is a LA Times report that says that uh, he was going to, he's going to settle a defamation lawsuit. I want to read a little bit of what happened. So Jones, it says in this article, Jones has a YouTube channel of more than 2 million subscribers. And he, he published a video and promoted it on Twitter with a headline that read, Idaho yogurt maker caught importing migrant rapists. The target, he targeted Chobani when a five-year-old girl was assaulted. The story spread through right-wing media that the attackers were 14, 10, and 7 and were from refugee families. This false narrative, pushed by Jones, included the involvement of Syrians, rape, and urinating in the victim's mouth. Wait, did they rape the mouth and then urinate? I don't understand. Jones linked it, along with some unrelated cases of tuberculosis to Chobani, all of it was untrue. A few weeks ago, Jones had dug in his heels when Chobani filed the lawsuit. And this is a quote from him. You just ran into a Texan, Jones. Hold on. You just ran into a Texan, Jones said. So get ready because we are never backing down and our audience is never backing down. And this is Jones from InfoWars. I just want to play this little clip for you. During the week of April 10th, 2017, certain statements were made on the InfoWars Twitter feed and YouTube channel regarding Shabani LLC that I now understand to be wrong. The tweets and video have now been retracted and will not be reposted. On behalf of InfoWars, I regret that we mischaracterized Shabani, its employees, and the people of Twin Falls, Idaho, the way we did. (laughs) I will never back down. Here is a uh, complete backing. What I I mean to say is... I dug my heels in, and my lawyers told me to read this. We'll never back down. <laughs> Wait a minute, what's that? Money talks. <laughs> <laughs> I just love. I you know I don't have a lot to say about it other than <laughs> like, I love that he has to roll shit back. But I'm also kind of appalled that he can say shit like this and then get away with it because he I mean he essentially got away with it. And then of course, well, are they dropping a lawsuit? I think so. One of the things. Oh. One of the things too that 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 you can't. Erase from the jury's mind they heard something. I know. Right? And isn't this just another example of big yogurt just steamrolling the little guy? Mm-hmm. Steamrolling him in their mouth. <laughs> I'm pro-truth, not probiotics. God damn it. <laughs> you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> I love this story. I love this story, Cecil. This is from churchandstate.com. Uh, .org, .uk, I don't know. Zimbabwean pastor claims to have God's direct phone number. Here's why I love this story. I love the word direct in it. Yeah. I love the idea that, like, it's, I, I love the idea that, like, oh, I when I call, I don't get God's secretary. I don't get God's voicemail. God doesn't just text me. We're not on some fucking messaging system. Uh-uh, motherfucker. No. Yeah. I got his direct line, not his indirect line. Because God is a telephone. What did God do before the invention of the telephone? I was just waiting for somebody to build one. I was. I had to make Alexander Graham Bell. I got an iPhone 11 and a half up here. If you'd like to talk to God in English, 
Oh, who am I kidding? It's only English. It's only English. If you press any other keys right now, you'll be struck by lightning. Para continuar en español, go to hell. <laughs> I think the worst part is when God drunk texts you. Right? Oh, tell Why me don't you it. come back? I I miss you. <laughs> You're right. Me <laughs> so much to me. Do you remember when you used to read the Lord's Prayer? <laughs> uh, this is this goes back though, I think, to one of the things. Who was it that said it? When George Bush talks to God, nobody cares. But if he talked to God through his hairdryer, there would be a big deal. Was it Hitch? Yeah, I think so. Right. And this is a hairdryer. This is a hairdryer. This is. I mean, this is. A, I mean, when you everybody. It's not crazy that he talks to God. It's not crazy, right? right? Like we live in a world, Tom. Yeah. Where if he were to say, "I talk to God," no one would even blink an eye at the story. Right. Zimbabwean pastor says he talks to God is not a story. That's not a story. It's not a story. It's because he uses a device. I know. And because everybody else has the Bluetooth. And somehow, the more plausible way to talk to people across a long distance makes. It less plausible. Yeah. That's the best part of it. Like, who assigned him the number? Like the yeah, phone company is like, yeah. doesn't the phone company give you a number? I want zero 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 one. <laughs> like, I don't want his, an area code. Well, I was gonna say, what is his area yeah, code? I don't know. He's rocking the eight four five, motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. He's got his own. I'm in the zero zero one up here, bitches. <laughs> It's actually a 976 number. You have to pay $2.99 a minute to talk to him. Maybe his <laughs> Wait a minute. Maybe his number is 8675309. I'll tell you what. You call me a 976 God's hot. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm wearing. And it's always a toga. Yeah. You know what it is? For a good time call. Yeah. And then that's the number. Yeah. Sometimes I just go into the bathroom by accident. I just feel a little horny right on the wall. I feel like there's a lot of lonely people that could use a helping <laughs> a hand. If you know what I mean. Yeah. It's got to be a regular phone, though, because a Bluetooth in Zimbabwe is like a literal Bluetooth. It's like, <laughs> it's like your tooth is blue and it's going to fall out. Like, that's what it is in Zimbabwe. Is he so. trying to call? He's like, yeah. hang on. It's on the charger. <laughs> hang on. You think you can get a better battery on Hold a on. Jesus phone? I got to take it away from my ear so I can look at the calendar. Give me a second. <laughs> it keeps slipping through Jesus's hand. He's just like, fuck. <laughs> Fuck, I keep dropping this fucking Actually, thing. Jesus has it in his hand and the cord runs through, through his hand. <laughs> <laughs> now he could have it plugged in the whole time. Uh-huh. So we'd like to thank our most current patrons. Of course, we want to thank all our patrons for their generous support, but we want to thank our most current patrons, Emma, Benjamin, Carly, Tove, Christy Ann, John, JT, and Ben, thanks so very much for your generous support. We did have another goal on there, and it's for me to quit my job. So yeah. <laughs> it's a pie in the sky I goal. I like this goal, though, but, uh, guys. Like, let's get Cecil to that goal. <laughs> but it would I mean, be- he works really hard, and he and I I don't. Yeah. So <laughs> I would quit my job if we made it to a, a dollar amount that's on there. So you want to check it out. And if you've been holding off. And you think that that is your motivating factor? That's one. That's one thing that you might want, that might motivate you to donate. Uh, we do appreciate, of course, all the donations that come in. That you guys make Glory Hill Studios possible. You make this show possible. So thank you very much. Absolutely. We got a message from Ernesto, and Ernesto has been going through the backlog and uh, sent us a nice message about his uh, his travels through there, and wanted to let us know that 
that uh, that we make it so it feels like he's not alone. And so we want to thank you, Ernesto, for listening. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, he mentions, too, that, you know, he lives in Chicago and wants to do another meetup. We do, too. We got to get what, what we're hoping to do is do a meetup and try to plan it with one of the people, one of the big atheist groups here. Maybe see if we can fly someone else in to give a talk and do a meetup as well at Lagunitas because we had a great time at that Lagunitas thing and yeah. that's such a cool place it's to go. It's a really neat venue. It's a yeah. cool venue. Yeah. So we're going to try to go to the Lagunitas tap room, but they won't let us do it. They won't let like just jokers do it. You got to be kind of a nonprofit, but we might be able to tack on to the, to the coattails of one of those atheist groups or the humanist group here in Chicago. And if we can sweeten the deal by f- helping facilitate a speaker to come to town, maybe we can sort of bundle it all together. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, uh, last time we did something, we did something, you know, at a public park outside Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's, that's a weather thing in yeah. Chicago. You don't count on the weather. You don't. It was cold as shit. We had cold a lot of people. We had a lot of people, but it was still cold and yeah. cold and shitty. So we want to, we definitely want to do something. We'll let you know. We got a message from Crystal and Crystal sent in this, this story from the Washington post, Anthony Weiner pleaded guilty to sexting a teen girl when then estra- then his estranged wife filed for divorce like she should when he's texting a 15-year-old. Well, what the fuck? What's up? Like, this guy clearly, like, it was all fun and games, like, when it was just, like, his mistress or whatever. Yeah, when, it's, like, when it's just him texting yeah, a, a, dick, a dick pic to all a Twitter or whatever. I think it's a wiener pic. Yeah. Mm. I mean... How is it not? I guess it is because, you you know, when you talk about the size of it, it's either a cop <laughs> or it's a wiener. I feel like it certainly has a first name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be great it's, to set up a GoFundMe to buy him an Oscar Mayer wiener mobile and deliver be, it to his yeah, home as a gift? That would be amazing. Of course, he'd have to notify all his neighbors about himself. Right. In that, in that yeah. yeah, and I think you have the, to knock on all the doors. Do you have any young people here? <laughs> I have to notify everyone in the neighborhood that I'm fucking a, a, a potential sex offender. If he had that, would it just be the mobile? <laughs> <laughs> just be the mobile. <laughs> Someone should make him batarangs that are just bent dicks. That he <laughs> this guy's a he's a twat. He's a, piece of he's shit. a twat, and he yeah. fucking he bowed out because he's a fucking. He doesn't even know how to use Twitter, so he shouldn't be in government. Get out of here! And Wait you're a, a horrible person. You're a horrible person. You fucking you're you're texting a fi- you're sexting a fifteen year old. Right. Get the fuck out of here! Why does that grown man even have a fifteen year old's fucking phone number? Exactly. This is an interesting message from Javier. He says, people like Kevin Swanson think that the end state of socialism is Soviet communism and the end state of homosexuality is sexual reassignment. That's interesting. I, I mean, I don't know if that's what he thinks, but there, I'm sure that there are some people out there yeah. that think that homosexuality and being gay is a stepping stone to eventually becoming trans or something. Right. right? Which is, which is bizarre and belies a total lack of understanding of both homosexuality and transgender. Yeah. Because when you're, when you're, when you, when you level up as a gay person, you become a cleric. That's how this works. (laughs) You become, (laughs) (laughs) and trans people are wizards when they level up. So that's or warlocks. Is there a difference? What's the difference between a wizard and a warlock? It's how they want to be perceived, Tom. That's how, yeah. It's whatever they decide. It's It's whatever whatever pronoun you use. It's their pronoun. They get to decide. Sorry. I didn't mean to offend Zay. (laughs) (laughs) We get a message from Dawn and Dawn says that she's a lifelong atheist, but could have spent years at the Vatican. I guess there's a, the Basilica she said is 30 minutes of action. 
Well, geez, Don, what are you doing in there? Man. She has 30 minutes of action. 30 minutes? <laughs> She's, I'll tell you what. That's, I feel like I got 27 extra minutes. <laughs> I'm just saying. 30, 30 uh, minutes. But I guess the Vatican Museum, which I which I missed, I was on a tour, right? So I did the I did the thing that you do when you're an American and you don't know shit about shit. You take a tour, and that's what I did. I took oh, a I tour. Oh, I thought you were going to say eat a lot and criticize. I took I did do that too. Okay, All get, right. uh, they're not mutually exclusive. No, they're not. Yeah. Um, I did a I did a tour that went to a bunch of different places in Rome in a single day. One of them happened to be the Vatican. Tom, we got a message about demons from someone with a lot of letters and numbers and dashes in their name. Yeah, I think that's that's super fancy. My guess is it's military because it's all just fucking acronyms. Uh, he says, uh, during my deconversion, I looked through a lot of the Apocrypha and it turns out the Abrahamics, Abrahamics? There, there's hammocks involved? I'm, I'm much more interested. I love Abrahamics. They're so comfortable. They're made out of beards. Oh. It's so great. They're made out of Jew beards. <laughs> An Abrahamic is made out of Jew beards. <laughs> so it turns, out, it turns out the Abrahamics, uh, Christians and Jews in particular, developed separate fields of study, angiology, and more relevant here, demonology. One of the classification systems they use for demons sets it up like a nation with Satan as the king of hell. There are dukes of hell, earls of hell, etc., and these are all command and, and they all command uh, legions of lesser demons. So, yes, they are supposedly demons with different amounts of power. And many have powers different from the others. That shit is crazy. That is crazy. People who it believe that are fucking nuts. That's fucking that's that fucking CW show Supernatural. <laughs> that's what that is. Fucking Vampire the Masquerade. God, that is anyone that believes that shit is a fucking idiot. Personally, we got a message from Julie and Julie says that the College of the Ozarks, and this is what Julie says. I didn't research this at all. So I don't know if any of this is true, but Julie says that the College of the Ozarks, there's no tuition and you work for the school to get your education. However, if you're caught doing anything of sexual nature, they'll kick you out. It's free. College without sex? It's free. We just work. You just work for the college. What do you do? Like, just like, fucking like mop or something like i, I don't know do you teach? mine a mountain do you teach like how can it be free if you're like like how much like what are they what kind of jobs are they making you do where they can afford to give you a free education blowjobs prostitution <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying you're giving a massage mm. Mm. yeah right and you mm. the a yeah easy a <laughs> that's a happy ending so we got a message from dan and dan was talking about the turkish embassy uh, and their attack on the people of the United States he says you will see guns under the jackets of some people that cross the street from the embassy um, and no shots fired against the armed folks assaulting unarmed people. Well, you got to admit the armed being armed is a deterrent to shooting. Right. Them. Just ask you know, North Korea. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. But but I, I, I your point was is well right. taken, Dan, that that, you know, these were not just regular just anti-protesters these were these were thugs with guns these were you know right and were, like you had pointed out like if these have been just black dudes with guns beating up people yeah, be a big deal yeah come on we got a great image a great image and it's uh the this is from goat skull who said i saw this and immediately thought of politics over in the usa right now this was making the rounds this week i saw this in a couple of places but it's hilarious we're going to put it on this episode show notes episode 361 we got a message from Kyle, and Kyle sent us an image of a Cocoa Puffs Neapolitan. It says, 
He says his question, now it's Cocoa Puss Neapolitan as strawberry, chocolate, and vanilla Cocoa Puffs. So gross. And it says, now my question is, do you eat each puff individually or do you try to spoon each flavor or, or scoop your spoon across the bowl. I think this is really easy. You just throw it in the garbage. <laughs> like, like you don't try to eat it. That's your mistake. That's a rookie mistake. I get it. I understand. Right. Yeah. You think Cocoa Puffs equals food. It's not food. It's a trick. Think of it like decon. It's like a rat poison <laughs> that you're not supposed to eat. It's a trick. I can't imagine a world so bleak. I eat Cocoa Puffs ice cream scoops. <laughs> Like, I mean, really that's a bucket reality. That's Dude, what yeah, that is. That's what I mean. It's yeah. like, it's walking dead times. Yep. And like you, you sure. get into that fucking convenience store and it's fucking destroyed. Yeah. Shit everywhere. Yeah. The only thing still faced on the shelving is the Cocoa is Puffs the Cocoa ice cream Puffs. scoops. Is the Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. Nobody has touched them. And you have to eat them with sour milk out of a bowl made out of a zombie stomach. Like you have to like scoop a zombie stomach out, pour the cereal yeah. in there and eat them while they lay down on the ground. It's the only way to improve the flavor. To be honest, yeah. We got an Im- oh, we got a message. Oh, this is great. From, this is from Jake. And Jake sent in, uh, there's a guy who does these uh, Jim Baker videos on YouTube. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a YouTube station called Super Deluxe. It's got like 700,000 people that know who it is. So I'm sure people have seen these before. Um, He just edits these things like a Lynch film and they're fucking amazing. So uh, we'll put an We'll put on this episode, this video. If you want to, it's like five minutes long, but it's fucking hilarious. It's great. It's laugh out loud. And it's weird. It's fucking super weird. Uh, Like it's like crazy weird and it's great stuff. We got a song from Null and uh, this is something that he, he made. He said, I hear an old hymn called Oh for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. Oh for a thousand tongues to be the member in my jock. The glory holy heaven's gate for my rigid long black cock. Somewhat rigid. I mean, let's yeah. be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great, Noel. Thanks so much. <laughs> That's funny. So uh, we, again, encourage people to check out our other show, Citation Needed, that we do with uh, with the scathing atheist guys. Where would we um, find that? We find that at citationpod.com. You can also Indeed. find it at iTunes. We would appreciate if you are somebody who likes this show and you want to check that show out, we would, uh, of course, encourage you to check it out. We think it's a great show. Um, go, especially if you're an iTunes user, go on iTunes, subscribe to the show. And then if you can, give us a rating. We really appreciate it. It helps us uh, raise the... the the visibility of that show to new audience. And we'd really appreciate it. Also, if you'd like to rate us, uh, uh, cognitive dissonance, so we would appreciate a rating as we well. So, uh, so if you like the show, if you're fans of the show, uh, and you want to rate us, we, we of course encourage that. If you don't like the show, I have no idea how you just made through an hour plus of this show. Thanks so much for, uh, for, for, uh, for all the ratings that we've gotten. And we appreciate, uh, of course, everybody who's tuned into citation needed. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, We're going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. 
Leo Pisces, Cancer Cures, Detox, Reflex, Foot Massage, Death and Towers, Tarot Cars, Psychic Healing, Crystal Balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, Aliens, Churches, Mosques and Synagogues, Temples, Dragons, Giant Worms, Atlantis, Dolphins, Truthers, Birthers, Witches, Wizards, Vaccine Nuts, Shaman Healers, Evangelists, Conspiracy, Doublespeak, Stigmata, Nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands. Bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you. Wait a listener, Lee sent us two, two, two containers. Why would of you send two? I think one for each of us. Oh. I think. I got. I got to tell you, I don't know what it's called, like the Jarling Limited or something. Let me look. Hold on a second. It's a terrible movie. It's called uh, Jungle Vervavel, like the Jungle Viral, or I don't. I can't pronounce this. It's in. There's it's a in, D and a J. They need to fucking contact Pat Sajak and buy a. It's in Swedish, point. and it is a. It's described on Google as a super salty licorice. It's Let horrifying. that sink in it's for horrifying. a second. I love licorice. I am like, I know that I'm yeah. in the minority. I like black yeah, licorice. A lot of people I, don't like it. I know. Yeah. I like that shit. It just reminds me of being a kid. This is covered with a weird salt powder. I spat it out. I've, I had so never behaved I gotta like describe this, this. I got to describe this. Tom opens up this licorice thing and he pops one in his mouth. And then he literally convulsed, <laughs> screeched, and then she spit. In the studio, with a carpeted studio, he spit his wet, gross licorice out of his mouth onto the floor. Then he started licking the backs of his hands to try to get rid of the stuff. Drank two swigs of beer, screeched again, then licked his hands. I thought he was going to start cleaning himself like a cat. Like, you know, when a cat licks the back of its paw and wipes down its head. Like, I totally thought he was going to start doing that. He screeched, ran around the partition, grabbed another thing. I think it was a piece of chocolate. Yeah. Hastily ate it the whole time screaming, yuck, 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 yuck. It was it was a seriously, it was a, it is so bad. It elicited a genuine panic response. It, it was a panic response. It was response. a panic response. It was. Your face, I could, I, I fell over laughing. I was laughing. So Tom was like, imagine somebody like, like burned their genitals and like this running back and forth. Like that's the face he made was just like this. It's, you know, you're, first you're in shock, then there's horror, then there's disbelief, then there's bargaining. Like, you went I through, went through all, all the stages, stages of grief. You like, I, all I, stages. it's so bad. I had I Elizabeth Kubler Ross that shit. <laughs> it is, it is that bad. Like, there was the. It, it was like being a kid. Like you ever remember when you were a kid and and you did something like shitty happened and your mind just shut the fuck off yeah. and you're like. 
and you just panic. I remember, yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I was climbing up a, uh, a ladder to go on like a, a, um, a water slide that we had in our pool. And I got stung by a wasp on my hand and I just fucking lost it. Cause I was a little kid. I was like four or five and I let go of the ladder and I fell off the thing. And then I ran twice around the swimming pool. Just brah, brah, like, cause your body's like, I don't know what to do. Just run. Just panic. Just it panic. Is, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. This was the worst it's, thing that's ever happened to my face. It shut my mind down. It's a panic inducing food. It is the worst. I can't overstate how bad it is. I am not fucking around. I would drink a container of eggnog yeah. before I would consume one of those. I had one right after Chew Tom and swallow? Did. Can you imagine chewing no, and swallowing that? So Tom Tom had one, and then I was ready for a horrible experience. Tom was shocked by it. I was so shocked. Tom was shocked and awed by this, <laughs> this, this candy. I tried it afterwards, and it was it was, it was disgusting. Like, it was genuinely disgusting, but not shockingly so, because I saw how badly Tom right, reacted right. to it. So I tasted it. I was like, this is really awful. And I chewed it, and I, I didn't swallow it, but I tasted it. I, I, I got all of the outer coating of salt powder off of it, Ugh. touched the inner part with my, and I was like, this is not tasty or good <laughs> or worthwhile or actually it's scarring and then i spit it out dude it tastes like hobo yeah. ass <laughs> and then you gave me chaser chocolate right afterwards you're just like you need something yeah yeah was, and it's not even good chocolate yeah. but it's like you're gonna you're gonna need that this. was bad that was genuinely bad that's a challenge food it is i you know it's one of those things that you would that we should save just to have people try it yeah well it'll never go bad yeah. because it's a it's well, a it's a sugar food it's coated in a salt. Yeah, food. it's an apocalypse food. That will last. Yeah. That's Jim Baker. But can yeah. you imagine opening one of the buckets and it's just that? Yeah, well, that's a Ragnarok food. Right? <laughs> that's what that is. <laughs> ah, ah. 